This episode is brought to you by Merge Marketing. For all of your needs on print, design, web page design, and security, go to mergemarketinginc.com. We have new merch called Teach, Love, Inspire. Just go to submergelife.com, click on the merch link, and all the proceeds will go to today's guest and the great work that she's doing in North Africa. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Submerge Life. I am your host, Tony, and I have a very special guest, just like everybody else that comes on the show. They are very, very special. Um, go to submergelife.com, listen to all of the shows, go and uh, hear some inspiring stories. And here at Submerge Life, we're asking two questions. How are you submerging into life? And then we're listening to the journey that they took in order to get there. Um, so here is my special guest. Welcome, Lo. How are you? I'm doing great. Doing great. <laughs> I hear that you have some exciting things that you've been doing. Yes, I have. Uh, I recently, back in February, moved to North Africa uh, to work at an international school. So I've been living there for the past six months or so, came back this summer for a wedding and to try to recruit and to have some R&R before heading back and starting the school year. Wow. Okay. So I guess that answers the question. How are you submerging into life? And you are teaching in North Africa, which is yeah. awesome. That is amazing. I'm, I know some of this story. So I know that this journey was a difficult one to say yes to, right? It was, it was a difficult pathway. So what I want to do for the next, you know, 30 minutes is I want to talk to you about that. And how did the decision happen? Um, what made you want to go and do this? What is it like? Because I, I know for me, when I first started going outside of the country, heck, when I just go out of Fresno, <laughs> I, you know, I'm a little nervous. What do I do? Where do I park? Who do I talk to? You know, and stuff like that. Just going out of the country, it's another intensity, um, language and, and sometimes your phone isn't going to work. So you can't rely on apps and a map or whatever. So let's just start where you want to start on this journey and we'll go from there. Okay, so um, I have always wanted to teach overseas and live overseas. I've done a lot of trips overseas to help in different ways, teaching English and different things like that. And I enjoyed those trips. I got to go to India and China and Kazakhstan mm -hmm. and Russia and different places um, and was kind of like, hey, like I'd love to be anywhere to teach overseas. I think it'd be really fun. And then when I was in Fresno, there was actually a big international student population from the Middle East. Mm -hmm. So actually a lot of students from Saudi Arabia and Oman and Iraq and Syria and different places like that. And so I grew to love those students and like love that culture and that language. Arabic is just cool. <laughs> and like, yeah, we would just yeah. get into some really like really fun conversations. And so I'm like, oh, maybe I can move to the Middle East. Like that'd be really fun to work yeah. in that context. I really love these people. Um, and a couple, I think this was 2018. My okay. job, I was a third grade teacher in Selma and loving it. And my job, I found out that in two years, um, they would most likely be collapsing my class in Selma. Mm -hmm. And I was tenured in the district. And so I'm like, okay, well, they'd have to put me somewhere, but I just didn't really want to do that, even though mm -hmm. 
I love working um, and teaching. And so I felt like this was my chance to explore other opportunities. And so I started looking into different things. And I had been going to India the past three summers. So I'm like, oh, I should just go to India. Like, that seems logical to me. And I just, as I was pursuing India, there weren't really any opportunities there. Mm -hmm. And then I just couldn't get the Middle East out of my mind (laughs) and, like, the people that I'd come to love. So I'm like, you know what? Scratch that. We're not going to (laughs) do India. We're going to look at maybe the Middle East. And so I was kind of looking at Jordan or Lebanon, but there wasn't Mm -hmm. really any opportunities. And so when I was kind of thinking, okay, well, what would I want to do if I were to teach overseas? And so I thought I wanted to teach, but I didn't want to teach English, which is kind of a, a hard thing, because most of the time you teach English when you go overseas, but I just hate English, like teaching English. It's just, I can't yeah. understand it enough to teach. Um, and then I wanted to teach like young local kids. So not like foreign kids or like international students in the country I wanted to teach whatever the local population was and young kids not like high school or college um and so I was just like I don't know if that exists but like that's what I would like in like a middle Mm -hmm. eastern kind of context and so got connected to this school in North Africa and I was like oh like this sounds really great and there was it's the only international school in the city that I'm in um and it's just starting out this is their fourth year and they're serving the local kids there and I'm teaching in English but I'm not teaching English using common core curriculum like pretty much what I've been doing in Fresno as a teacher I'm now doing in North Africa in those contexts and so it was a no-brainer for me I was like oh this is exactly what I wanted started pursuing that in 2019 went to go visit the school Mm -hmm. Um, and at first when I was there I just had a hard time (laughs) like adjusting my expectations because I traveled a lot and so I kind of was like okay it's gonna probably be like this and then when let's I got there, let's unpack that a little okay. bit okay. let's unpack that what were some of those expectations that you had in going because I'm sure a lot of us have our own expectations not right. just fears but expectations of what what is out there so what were some of the expectations that you had and then what was the reality of it yes that's a great question So I think I didn't even realize my expectations until I got there of like, oh, this isn't what I thought. And then I was like, well, what was I thinking? And so I thought that it would kind of feel foreign, you know, like I'm in a foreign country, so I'm not expecting it to feel exactly like home, but I thought it'd be comfortable enough. You know, like I've traveled Mm. to other places where it feels foreign, but there's still enough like chain restaurants or like big malls or things where you can kind of feel (laughs) like, okay, like I'm still doing my normal life things. But when I was in North Africa, in the city that I'm in specifically, the capital, I felt comfortable. Like, oh, yeah, this is what mm-hmm. I thought. And then when I got to my city, which is the capital, there's not a lot of foreigners that go there. And there's not a lot of chain restaurants. There's not even a big mall there. Like, it just was a lot smaller than I realized. Even though it's the largest city in the country, it just felt small. Um, yeah. Everything yeah. was really run down and, like, just older than I was picturing and so then I'm thinking like oh like I'm not just trying to survive here for you know a couple weeks I'm looking at moving here and like living here and engaging with these businesses and people you know just living and so I was like I don't know if I can do that because it's so different from what I thought um but then the longer that I was there like the school was exactly what had been communicated to me like 
it was beautiful. The teachers had done a really nice job of making it really welcoming. The kids mm -hmm. were doing well academically and really loved being there. And so I'm like, oh, okay, like I can do it now that I kind of can picture something different. Like it's going to be older, feel more isolated. And then the people were so nice. Like the locals yeah. there compared to the capital, they were like much friendlier, much more helpful, like were confused to see a foreigner in their city. So they're like <laughs> trying to be more helpful than like take advantage um, like they do in the capital sometimes. So yeah, I grew to really love it by the end of the time that I was there, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Was there any moment where it became really close where you were gonna just be like, nah, I can't do this. This isn't for me. I don't think so. Just because for those of you who know me, they know that I'm pretty like, I know what I want. I go after it. I don't hesitate. Like, and so no. because <laughs> you I'm a little bold in that way. And so because I, I had been talking about it for a year and had been mm -hmm. thinking about it, planning it to me, not going wasn't an option. It was just, how do I go now in light of this and as as I mentioned like as it went on it became more comfortable and like now that I've been living there it's been so great like it hasn't been difficult at all it's been really really wonderful it actually reminds me of Fresno a lot like because Fresno is yeah. like a big city but it kind of has this small town feel and there's like yeah. actually a lot of businesses and industrial things but it feels more country too at the same time like it just <laughs> It reminds me a lot of Fresno, and I like run into people that I know, and like I don't know that many people. <laughs> I've moved there for a year, but like I run into people from that I met in a taxi or like at some weird shop, and now that there's this other shop that I'm at, so it's just really cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, what were some of the hesitations that you had when you first went and visited? Because I know that like heat was it was like boom, <laughs> like I didn't realize it was gonna be this hot. Yes, that was a hesitation uh, because right before going to the country that I'm in, I had visited another North African country, like the same time mm -hmm. period, and it was so nice, like so cool, breezy, like chill. It was wonderful. I was like, oh, this is how it's going to be when I get to the country that I'm going to. And I was on like the other end of the North Africa part, and it was so hot and so humid. So picture like the Fresno heat that you guys have, but with like 50% mm -hmm. humidity on top of that. And then a lot of the women, like they're Muslim women. And so they're dressed more conservatively. And I'm like, how are you able to wear like a hijab and like the long dresses and skirts? And I don't have to dress like that. I do tend to dress a little bit more modestly than I would here, but it's mm -hmm. so hot. And so the heat was like a really big factor for me just because yeah, and thankfully, it does get really cold in North Africa as well. So it's not like that's just the temperature all year round. Like, they do have yeah. seasons. <laughs> so that helps me, knowing that I just have to endure for, like, a short amount of time. <laughs> or, like, 11 months of heat and then one like, month. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more like maybe five or six months. It's probably really hot. And then yeah, okay. <laughs> So, like, with, with everybody else, uh, COVID came oh. and kind of messed up your plans a little bit. Yep. Um, talk to me a little bit about how you were able to deal with that, like, mentally and still be like, okay, we're, st we're still going. Or did you, you know, go so far where it's like, it's now seven months past when I was supposed to go. 
this isn't going to happen ever. Right. That's an excellent question. And yeah, it's probably, oh man, it was so hard. I did not handle that delay very well. So, you know, 2018 is when I first decided I'm going to move overseas. And I think the summer of 2018 is when I heard about this school in North Africa. I visited the school in 2019, and there were several things that happened in 2019 that were really difficult and challenging, and I just mm -hmm. thought, well, you're leaving in 2020, so just, like, make it to 2020, and then you'll be fine, you know, like, you, yeah. you can move on with this, like, next chapter in your life, and then 2020 came, and I couldn't go anywhere because the borders closed and shut down, and on top of that, my passport was expiring so I had to mail in my passport and it took three months for that to be returned to me wow. so I felt like I was trapped you know because even if the borders were open I couldn't mm -hmm. go anywhere because I didn't have a passport and I had no idea when it was going to come back and they weren't doing expediting of any kind and so it was really really difficult and I had a lot of anger and a lot of impatience I became really harsh and critical because I I'm someone who goes all out for things. I don't hesitate. Mm -hmm. And so to feel like I can't go all out with something, like I can't be all North Africa, I can't be all here. Like I have to be in between and I don't do in between. I just don't. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. And so that was, that was really challenging. Um, and then I finally did get my passport back and then um, the borders closed again. And so then I couldn't go. <laughs> to North Africa, which was so irritating. And then when the borders did open, we didn't have anyone on the ground to like help us get settled in. And so we couldn't go then. And so it was just yeah. like delayed. So my original goal was like August of 2020 and I didn't mm -hmm. move until February of 2021. So it was like a significant delay. And I had been planning for two years at that point for August of 2020. So it was like, I was like grieving the loss of that. I actually started counseling because of it. Like I was not handling it very well. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was good in the sense that a lot of good came out of it, but it was very, it was not good. You can ask all my friends who were close to me. <laughs> like, I was not pleasant to be around and I, I should handle things better, but I didn't. <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, and from what I, what I understand, it was, it was really, you didn't know you were leaving until really you were on a plane, right? Because it was always touch and go. Every single week, it was like, okay, we're going to go. We're not going to go. Then you had this date, and then that got pushed back, and then the borders yeah. closed, and the borders open. And it's like, okay, nope, yeah. yes, no. <laughs> yeah. Until you actually got onto the plane and got out there. That's exactly right. And so that was even hard, too, of like, we've made these plans, but I still don't know until we leave if they're going to go. And so actually, the closer it got to our departure date, the less excited I was because it mm -hmm. would be more devastating at that point if the mm. plans fell through. And so I was like, I can't even be excited because I'm just waiting for something else to come up to make this not happen. And it's just easier to not be excited than to be excited and be disappointed. So I just won't be excited. Even though I was really excited, like I'd been planning for so long and wanting to be overseas for so long that it was really hard to like be in that tension. I don't do well with like the gray and things. I'm like black or white <laughs> in my thinking, black or white in like how I live. And this was like a gray area in my life. And I, I really do think I was being grown in seeing the gray. Not very mm -hmm. well at first, but like I definitely grew. So that's good. <laughs>
well, it's funny how uh, how life just gives you what you need. Yes, that's true. That's <laughs> what true. you need to learn. Yeah. <laughs> so once you got there, uh, now you're you're part of a team and of other teachers. So there was a lot of there was a lot of support, a little bit of support. How easy was it to begin to find where to live? how to travel, how to get into a car and yeah. move around the city. Well, what's so great is, and this is another one of those things of like how cool it was in the delay that we experienced. So because we weren't able to move when we wanted, we started doing language study from the States. So we had mm -hmm. Zoom language learning with people from the country that we're moving to teaching us Arabic. Um, and so by the time that we got there in February, we had already built a friendship with our language teachers and we already knew some of the language we could read and speak a few things. So we didn't feel completely lost when we mm -hmm. were there. And then our language teachers helped us more than the teachers at the school, just because the teachers at the school were in the middle of the school year dealing with like COVID stuff. And so they just didn't have mm -hmm. as much availability. Um, and they would help us on the weekends or if we asked them specifically, but our language teachers were really the ones who like helped us with our apartment negotiations with like the contract and like helped us with different stores to buy different things because we're like we don't know where to shop and they actually have cars which is kind of unusual so they could drive us to places and like take stuff with it's okay guys we have a little delay she will be right back with us <laughs> Are we back? We are back. Good. Hey, you know what? In the editing, post-edit editing process, all Everybody. of that will be fixed. Nobody will know. Yeah. All right. So we left off with you were uh, learning the language through Zoom, and so you did have some support out there. Yeah. That was able to. Uh, you, you had to negotiate uh, your rent, or what? What is it that you're negotiating? So that's something new, like. <laughs> You go over here, you go get, they're going to tell you how much it is. No, I mean, oh, okay. yes and no. so basically like they have an online apartment hunting system that you can use, mm -hmm. but it's not really updated that often. So we would like find mm. something on there. We'd call and they'd be like, oh yeah, we, someone's been there for three months, you know? And so it's like, okay. So we would literally walk around to apartment to apartment. And just okay. talk to like the security guard at the bottom and be like, do you have any openings? And then they would like <laughs> say yes or no. And so it was really difficult. And there was this one apartment that we found that was newer, but the landlady who owned it was like really chaotic and like a little over the top. So our language teachers were like going back and forth with her about how much rent should be. No. There, there she is. is. There she's, okay. she's back. Whew. It's like this I'm in gonna, this is... doing this. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome home. You know, we it's try and give you the best. Yeah, thank <laughs> like you. as if you've never left. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, I don't know where so, it was out, so let me know. Uh, it was uh, the chaotic landlady. Chaotic That's where you landlady. left off. Yes, That's right. So she was over the top and our language teachers are like trying to talk with her because she, it was really expensive. I mean, 
pretty much all rent in North Africa is really cheap, but it was more expensive than what it should have been. And so they were trying mm. to like bring her down. Um, and then in the midst of that, one of our language teachers, her aunt, um, actually subletted an apartment, and that tenant was going to be leaving around the time that we mm. got there. So if we had gone earlier, like back in August when we wanted, that wouldn't have been available. So we were able to go into this furnished apartment, and then the aunt and uncle spoke English, so they were like able to help us with like so many things, and like we have a good oh, relationship wow. with them now, and like yeah, it really was like this huge blessing to be able to move into this place that we had a connection to when it's been so chaotic trying to to find an apartment in a foreign country is just really challenging <laughs> yeah you know what they say hindsight is 2020 mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. like That's oh okay well that it was it was a good thing that everything was delayed because now everything just lined up perfectly the way it was supposed to happen yeah Right. Yeah, it really was. Like, I've been able to see some of the reasons of why we were delayed, of, like, mm. what has been the benefit from that delay now, which I'm thankful for. Nice, nice. So have you started teaching English, or are you guys still in learning the language? What, what is What exactly are you doing out there at the moment? Well, not right I'm, now, because you're visiting. I'm back in the right now, <laughs> exactly. Um, well, so this past year since september it was just supposed to be focused on language and culture learning because we were supposed to be in country but for most of it it's just been language learning and then when we got there um originally we were doing two hours a day in the states and we bumped it up to four hours a day in country um and then just getting to know the city and it's language learning is just like a really challenging task here's what i've tried to compare it to it's like you're at the bottom of half dome okay and someone says you need to climb half dome on your hands and knees without water go and you just have to do it and like there's no way around it and you just get started going and you're like i still have so much left to go but you look behind and you're like oh i've i've come a long way like i've learned a lot mm-hmm. i've done a lot but i still have more to go so that's how language learning is because i'll have like a really good lesson with my teacher like we speak mm-hmm. Arabic the whole time. I understand everything she's saying. And then I like go out, take a taxi, and like don't know a single word he's saying. And it's like, <laughs> do I really know anything in Arabic? Or like, no, because I can't You're like, talk uno. to a local person. You're yeah. like, uno, dos. Oh, wait, yeah. wrong. Wait, no, it's it's Spanish, wrong language. Reformulate. Well, and Let's because, go. because I look the way that I do, they assume I'm from France. And there's actually a lot of French mm. within the Arabic that's spoken there. And so they'll speak to me in French first, and I'll respond in Arabic, and they're confused. And so they'll just keep speaking to me in French, <laughs> or, like, they'll say, like, where are you from? And I'll say America, and then we, like, talk about America and Joe Biden and, like, all those things. And so it's, like, <laughs> a big regular conversation that I have with pretty much all the taxi drivers <laughs> of why I'm there and where I'm from and why do you speak Arabic and all these things. <laughs> So what would you tell somebody who is on the fence of doing something like this, where you're going overseas to another foreign country and wanting to do something, you know, like teaching English? What would you tell them? Right. So my biggest, well, 
basically i say just do it <laughs> like i just don't understand yeah. when people think forever to make decisions i'm just like just figure out what you want to do and then just do it like, i don't understand <laughs> but i know that this, like not everyone can make decisions as easily as i can like that so if you're interested in doing something like this i would encourage you to do kind of like a vision trip like go to the place or the school or the country or whatever and just see for yourself, like, what is it like? Meet some of the teachers there, some of the people that you'd be working with, live with them, and, like, think about it from a living standpoint, not just visiting. Because when you visit another country, you do, mm -hmm. like, the touristy things, but you're not thinking, like, how would I do laundry? How would I buy my groceries? How do I get around the city? Like, those are the things that are your day-to-day -day life. So, like, when I do laundry, it's on the sixth floor of our apartment building. So I like do mm -hmm. a load, I go up to the sixth floor, I hang it, I come back down, do another load. I go back up after some time, I take that load down, put the second load up, go back down and then go back up another time. And that's just laundry, you know, like that's not cooking and like cleaning fruits and vegetables and like all these other things, plus walking yeah. everywhere. And like, when I go to the store, I don't think, what do you need? I think, what can I carry? You know, like those are mm, different questions. Yeah. And so then I have to go yeah. multiple times to the store. So I would say experiencing, like going to see wherever it is you're wanting is the first thing. And then writing out even like a list of like, I need this in order to be comfortable and like thrive in a setting, or mm -hmm. I want this, but like, if it's not in this place, that's fine. Um, and kind of go from there as you start exploring your options. Nice. Um, what were some of the things that you needed to take to try and keep you connected into, you know, America, your old life that made you that made it easier to feel like it's at home and not such a foreign place or so scary? Yeah, right. I think, well, because I've just always been interested in other cultures and things like part of me enjoys the difference that's there because mm. I'm like, oh, like this is interesting to me. And I haven't been there for very long. So part of me feels like maybe down the road, I might be like, I'm over this by now. Like, I don't know, excuse me. But right now I'm still like, oh, this is exciting. But what I've kind of decided and what I've heard from other people who've lived overseas and done things like this is that your home is the space that you wanna feel comfortable and you wanna feel as not foreign right so mm, every yeah. when i go out into the city i feel i'm the foreigner i'm doing hard things and doing things that are a lot harder than they are back in the states and when i come home i want to feel like i don't have to do as many hard things and so i brought a lot of like home decorations that i used here i use in my home there because i want it to feel familiar to me and like i'm bringing over like a comforter well it's like a quilt that I'm going to use there because like the quilts there are just so different like bedding mm -hmm. is different and so I'm like I sleep in a bed every night so I like wanted to feel more familiar than like this foreign thing so I would say things like that um and then I'm as you may have noticed or know that I'm an external processor. And so having people back in the States who I can like call and talk to frequently has been like so helpful of like just yeah processing what I'm experiencing or just like getting it off my chest because normally I can handle it I just need to kind of like talk about it like oh this thing happened this situation happened it's so frustrating 
and then I'm fine. Like I can deal with it the next day. <laughs> but if I don't have those outlets, then yeah. it just builds and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't. Like this is so frustrating or so hard. Um, so that's helped me a lot. Nice. Um, has it been easy to kind of get into the day-to-day for you? Since you've, you've wanted to do this for such a long time, you've gone out there, there are things that just kind of sort of fall into place. Has it been easier to tackle the things that don't fall into place right away? Like, like when, you were, when you're here and COVID messed everything up, it was hard just to accept that. And I'm sure that there are some situations out there where you're in North Africa, things aren't probably going to go, you know, has it been easier <laughs> little by little just to be like, okay, I can get through this. This is fine. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I think a lot of it has to do with expectations. So like in America, our culture, like the expectation for our culture is that we're in control, which actually mm. isn't true, but we think we are because we make decisions, we make plans and we do them. Like we don't think of something interrupting those plans because we're in control of our lives. And even like some of the things that we hear people are like, you know, take control of your life. It's like, well, like I understand the meaning behind that, but we actually can't take full control. So you make plans and then as things happen, you kind of have to adjust along the way. And that's where it was hard for me. I didn't adjust well because I've made a plan Mm. and I should do this plan and it's not logical why this plan isn't working. And so I'm going to push harder, but I couldn't push, you know, like I can't Mm. open up a country's border. (laughs) I can't expedite (laughs) a passport process. Like I literally am in the hands of other people to decide when that's okay. And it was so, so hard for me. So being in another country, I have different expectations of like, so our worldview in America is whatever's efficient and most cost effective and all those things, that's what we do. That's not how they do things in North Africa. They're not thinking of the fastest way and most efficient way to do something. And so having that expectation when I'm somewhere of like, yeah, there's an easier way to do this, but that's not a priority for them. And that's okay. Like, it doesn't have to be what I think it should be now. And that's helped me adjust a lot better. It doesn't mean I adjust perfectly. There are some days when I'm like, oh, like, I don't want to put up with this. Like, this could be so much easier than the way it is. But that's just not, like, that's not why I moved there. I didn't move there so that people could become American. Like, I moved there yeah. so that I could be more North African. So I want to yeah. change how I how I think. Um. What would be one of the, I don't know, what, what is one of the more major positive aspects that you've experienced over there? Um, or happiest moment or something that just brought you a lot of joy? Yeah. Well, there's so many. I think, like, because it was two and a half years before I actually moved there, I thought, like, did I build this up too much in my mind? (laughs) Like, did I (laughs) over-romanticize this and it's going to be awful and I'm, like, I'm going to have a hard time with it? Like, I just wasn't sure. And now that I'm there, I, like, love it so much. Like, genuinely, genuinely love it. And so that's just been really nice. Like, I just love the fact that I can walk around to different shopkeepers and I know them now. Like, I know their names and we can, like, have a conversation in Arabic and I love being, I love taking taxi rides because you just never know what kind of taxi driver you're going to (laughs) get. And like, you can practice your Arabic and like, it's really fun. And 
Like, I just love being able to be a part of the culture and to even make them feel more known there. Cause like the country that I'm in, most people have never heard of the country that I'm I'm in. And so for me to be there as an American, to be like, oh yeah, I chose to live here and I chose to work at this school because I want to, like, I want to learn about your culture. I want to speak your language. Their version of Arabic is very different. It's like a dialect of Arabic. Um, mm -hmm. And so when I'm speaking their Arabic, not just like a standard kind of universal Arabic, um, they get so excited that like, I've taken the time to learn their language, not just French or standard Arabic, which they could both understand. Like they could understand both of those languages, but mm -hmm. I've taken the time to learn their heart language essentially. Um, so I just have loved that. Just like getting to know the people and making them feel known. What would be one of the major differences between living here in States and, and, and Americans and where you're living at now and, and the people that you are teaching and, you know, becoming friends with. The biggest difference between yeah. here and yeah. there. Oh my goodness. Um, I don't know if I could like pinpoint the biggest difference. And I do think there's actually a lot more similarities than differences, especially okay. in like worldview and thinking. It's just, it's really interesting. They're more progressive than a lot of other Middle Eastern countries. And so mm -hmm. I would say their thinking can sometimes be similar to American culture than like Middle Eastern culture. Um, they're still very much like North African and Middle Eastern, but the conversations that we have are very similar to conversations that I'll have in the States with people here. Um, I don't know about the biggest difference though. Um, I think maybe just like the honor shame culture, like a lot of Asian mm. countries are like this, but also Middle Eastern, there's an honor shame culture. So they, they just view things and they make decisions in light of relationship and reputation. So that's what they kind of elevate over like our culture in America is truth and justice, right? Like we make decisions based on what's true and right and like honor, not honor shame, but like trying to weigh the consequences and do all those things. And so um, it's been really interesting to try to engage in that because I just don't have that mentality. I'm not thinking of relationships right. and reputation in the same way. Um, and it's not that they don't value truth and justice. It's just that doesn't take priority like it does in American culture. Um, just like relationship and reputation doesn't take mm -hmm. priority in our culture. So I think that's been the main difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the, going back to the expectation thing, have you really been able to kind of work in that or have you been able to push aside the expectations so that you can live a little bit more free and accept the things that oh. are going to come that you can't change? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think I've adjusted those pretty well. Um, not perfectly by any means. I mean, we all have expectations always for everything we do. And even if you say, I don't have any expectations, that's an expectation like in and of itself that you don't have an expectation. Um, and so yeah. I think sometimes like when I'm faced with something that is frustrating to me, I have to think like, why is this so frustrating in this moment? Is it because I'm tired, because I'm hot, because I'm hungry, because I'm dehydrated? Or is it because an expectation's not being met? Like, or is mm. it because my own pride's in the way? You know, if I think I know better and they don't, you know, like it could be one of those things. So I'm constantly having to check 
where is this coming from if I'm irritated? But a lot of times it's some small thing like, oh, you're really tired, Lauren. That's why you're like really impatient with the traffic today. When the traffic is the same every day, like it doesn't change. It's chaotic. But today you're irritated because you're tired, like, or you had a really bad language lesson. And so you're feeling a little like insecure and defeated. And so that's why you can't handle these things as easily. So a lot of times it's because of those things and talking about it really helps with people of like, I feel dumb because I can't say hi to the shopkeeper down the street, but like, <laughs> um, but I can talk to my language teacher for 30 minutes, no problem. It's just something bad. So. I told him some words I shouldn't have told him. I'm so sorry. Yes. Well, and Arabic is <laughs> That so came out wrong. Like, it really came out wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I haven't had any major, major language mistakes, although there is, so yeah, my Arabic-speaking friends, there's Nahila and Nahila, which are basically the same word except for one letter, and one means bumblebee, and one means palm tree, and I was, like, talking to a taxi driver, like, turn left, turn right, go straight, and I wanted to say turn left at the palm tree, and I said, turn left at the bumblebee. And he laughed his head off because he thought it was so funny. And I'm just like, uh, like, you know what I meant? Like, they're similar. Can you just, like, give me grace? But they don't have a lot of uh, second language learners in their city because there's not a lot mm -hmm. of foreigners. And so they just don't know how hard that is or, like, how to help. And even they'll talk to me so fast. And I'll say, can you repeat? But slowly, like, I can probably understand you. And they just say it the exact same way because they just don't <laughs> they just don't know how to like help you with that because they just don't have a lot of people. So they're like that was slowly. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. It's like you just need to get better at your Arabic. It's like, well, <laughs> I can't <laughs> with you speaking that fast, like I just can't. Man, well this time has flown by really fast. Um on the financial side, like how difficult was it to save up and to do all that? Because it took you two years and I'm sure it wasn't just, okay, I got to pack my room for two years. This is more of, you know, right. making sure the financials are good, mentally <laughs> deciding where you're right. going to put everything. Do I need to keep my car at my parents' garage right. and, you know, things like that. Um, yeah. What was yeah. some of those things like? Yeah, that's a really good question because those are the things people don't think of when they move overseas. You know, like you literally have mm -hmm. to pack up and sell your life here in order to go somewhere else. And I have like an indefinite timeline overseas. So like I don't technically have a return date. And so it was hard when I was moving because I'm like, excuse me, I could come back to the States, but I don't know if I will. So like I don't want to sell everything, but I also don't want things to be sitting here for like three years in a garage. Like that just seems like wasteful. Yeah. So I had to make a lot of those decisions. Um, and then the school, because it just got started, they don't have a curriculum that they purchased. So they use the Common Core standards, but they don't have a curriculum purchased yet. And so okay. the teachers are just having to use like teacher pay teachers, which is great. And teachers use that anyway, even with curriculum. But like a lot of the supplies that come with curriculum, like math manipulatives and things, they don't have. And so this trip, I made an Amazon wish list and mm -hmm. I decided or, and I sent that out to like a lot of my family and friends of like, Hey, like these are what I need for my classroom. And people have been so generous to like purchase 
all those things from there and like send them mm -hmm. to my parents' house and try to get that back uh, to North Africa. But yeah, as I was planning to go, I had a lot of people give me a lot of financial support. Like they just were like, here you go, here's a check for whatever, we're excited about this, or oh, we wanna pay for this, or we wanna buy suitcases for you, or you know, like whatever it is, they've just been so right. great. Um, and then I have a few friends who are coming to visit, and so they're allowing me to use their suitcases as, like, mm. my luggage for, like, my travel <laughs> things. Because it's hard to get mail in the country that I'm in, <laughs> and so okay. um, they're letting me use that. So that's been, yeah, some of the logistics side of things. And my parents have kept my car just because when I'm back in the States, I can travel around and visit people more easily. Yeah. 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 Um, is it easy to get school supplies over there or because I mean, you are taking a bunch back with you right but yes yeah so they have like a store there that's kind of like their office depot type store and it has a ton mm -hmm. of good like office supply stuff like i can get crayons and color pencils and markers and post-its and clips and you know binders folders all of that I can get there, which is good. But a lot of the like teacher supplies, like base 10 rods and counters and little blocks that you use mostly with math, I haven't been able to find there. And so mm, that's basically okay. what I'm bringing back is all those like teacher specific things that most classrooms have, but because we don't have a curriculum, we have to bring ourselves. Um, mm. And so now I think I've everyone pretty much provided all the things that I had put on there. And because I had taught for five years, I knew pretty much what I needed, like what I always use when I teach, right. like fractions are hard for kids. And so I knew what resources I need for that. Multiplication is really challenging at first. And so here's what is useful for introducing that. And division is hard. And so here's what I like to use for that. So um, that was really helpful. And yeah, I feel like I'm set. Although we'll have to see like, what's needed once I'm there. I'm sure once I get there, I'll be like, oh, Lauren, like, God, you really use this all the time. And like, yeah, you can't. So it'll be fine. <laughs> but you're going to have some people that are going to come visit so they can bring you some more stuff, right? Yeah. When yeah, is so the first, is the first set of people that you think are coming? I'm trying yeah. to get more of a frame to try to figure out how can we help you as a community of submerged life? So, and, and maybe there, there would be like another Amazon wish list where we can yes. give it to somebody that goes over there or right. like, I'm going to try and develop some sort of product where if people purchase that, then the money will just go to you and then you can buy whatever school supplies that you need. Okay. And um, we'll, we'll try, we'll try, we'll definitely stay connected in that sense so that we can plan yes. these things out, um, share them on, on social right. media. But yeah, when is the next, uh, set of people that you know that are going to come visit you maybe bring some school supplies so my i have one friend coming in august actually the 10th to 14th um which i know is pretty soon but then i have yeah. another friend coming in november and so she'll be there Perfect. for a week and she already told me she's like my checked bags are gonna be for you to use like for Perfect. your stuff um so i can like, have people send stuff to her if they wanted to donate something or um, even small things like i love tapatio and like parmesan cheese you can't get there <laughs> and so like dumb stuff like that that i like am bringing over once but i'll probably be out of by the time someone comes like people can bring that too so 
let's stuff. yeah let's definitely stay connected i wanted i still want to design something for some sort of merch so there's nothing designed right now nothing up right now uh, at this at the time of this recording which is in july 2021 right we are in 20 i don't even know what year it is and so yeah. 2021. <sighs> but um if you're watching this past that check the website submergelife.com look for this episode there'll be some links on there but then let's stay in contact and then in in september or october like let's get that wish list together i can have people go to drop it off over there at uh you know you put the address on there they can come over here we'll just right. get it out there um and get those things like tapatio and learning blocks <laughs> what a combination blocks, whatever whatever's needed right to help kids learn math <laughs> so for the person that is still struggling on doing something crazy in their life, submerging into life, not just going out and going to Hawaii, but actually going out there and living life and serving others, what would you, what is the last encouraging word that you would give them? Um, like I'm gonna sound like Nike, but just do it. Like I really think you just need to do something with your life and figure it out as you go. Like even five years ago when I moved up to Fresno, I wasn't thinking then, oh, I'm gonna move to North Africa at that point because I'm gonna work with these people and I wanna do this. Like those things came out over time. And I had been going to India, you know, previously. Um, mm -hmm. not because I like had this pulled to India, but because there was an opportunity. So I just was like, yeah, I'll just mm. do that. I want my life to be used more than just for me. And so there's this opportunity to work at the school in India. I'll do that. And then from that, it kind of springboarded me into some other things that I, I realized I liked or I realized I didn't. Um, and so I would just encourage any of you who are wanting your life to be used more than just the average person to just do something that is meaningful mm -hmm. Even if it's scary, just do it. Like a lot of the times, yeah. I forget what the quote is, but like, was it like 90% of the things that we think might happen or might go wrong never do? Like it's yeah. some crazy high percentage. And so we are thinking about the last 10% that never happens, but the 90% that like is a go, like we don't even think of. So just do it, just do something. <laughs> That's my encouragement. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of where Submerged Life came into play is because somebody challenged me to do something and I was like, no, I don't want to do that. And then I, I, you know, I jet off to Israel for a tour and then I, I go to Thailand and Guatemala and Cambodia and I'm like, oh, okay, well, then let's just keep going. And yes, right. it was scary. It was <laughs> nervous. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of nervousness, but... Uh, there was a lot of great people around me just to help support, whether it was financial or mental, just to be able to talk like that is super important. And it sounds like that's super important for you. If you know people, you know, people that are watching, if you know somebody that's out there outside a country doing something like this, like stay in contact because, it, you know, you're, you're hearing it from low here that that is super important, being able to just stay connected in that way and to talk about things that are going on to help process through that that's so awesome and i would say too kind of to that tony um is yeah if you could just message any friends that you know overseas that goes a long way just you can feel really alone and isolated and then you like you're still friends with everyone back home on facebook and so you're watching them kind of do all the things that you would have been a part of 
had you not been overseas. Mm. And so you can just feel yeah. so separated. So just a text of like, Hey, how you doing? Or thinking of you today, like goes a long way of like, I'm not completely forgotten or cut off. Um, so yeah, that, that helps a lot. Yeah. And then followed it up with, Hey, I'm going to come visit you in North Africa. Yes. <laughs> Everyone is welcome to come to North Africa. Like, Seriously, y'all can just stay with me. And like, if you're interested in the school, like you can just check out the school. Like we can make it super chill and casual. <laughs> Let's touch on that real quick. I know I know, we're running out of time, but was it hard? Like, did you, you've been a teacher for how long? Like how long do you have to be a teacher before you can, you know, go and do yeah. something like this? Yeah, so, I mean, it depends on where you're wanting to go, but my school, they're wanting credentialed teachers, so it's not just we okay. want someone who can speak English and come, they want them to be educators, but we have a teacher okay. at our school who's actually going to be getting her credential through, because they have some sort of international kind of program to help, um, and so it's possible to do that, but it is to work as a teacher at the school, they do want you to have a credential yeah. or like a, at least your uh, bachelor's degree in like childhood development or something to be able to work there. But yeah, there's there's That's opportunity. Awesome. <laughs> we can yeah, there's out. there's a ton of opportunity. You just got to yeah. go out there and be willing to do it, right? So just yeah. do it. And Lower Let's the expectations, go in with an open hand and not so closed fisted because things are going to change. That's the, that's the consistent thing is that things are inconsistent, <laughs> right? It's always going to change yes. and just be willing right. to go with it and be willing to learn because I mean, when you got stuck here, you had to learn like, okay, I'm not in control. I can't control this Yeah. <laughs> and be patient <laughs> and not just go. Like that took time. Yeah. So anyhow, thank you so much for coming on. Is there anything else that you want to say before we go out? Or do you feel uh, like you've no, shared your whole heart? <laughs> I think I have, but if anyone is interested in more information about the school or about any of these opportunities, Tony has my contact information so you can get in touch with him who can put you in touch with me. Cause I'd love to talk more, even if you're just interested in hearing more, that's always always available that's so awesome well thank you so much for being on the show again um i can't wait for this to go out there and uh people hear about it um, yeah. it's a great opportunity and who knows maybe i might travel over to north africa one day i think you should i don't know You're welcome to i mean why not? why not i've been to every other continent i haven't done north africa yet so there we go. <laughs> let's, let's go do it. <laughs> all right well thank you so much i hope that you have a great day and a safe trip back to north yes, africa when on thursday this uh this wow that's awesome that's awesome <laughs> all right well thank you lo have a great one bye thanks tony bye-bye